Whether you're here with us for the first time or you've been with us a long time, welcome home. We're glad you're here. We want to offer a special welcome to those of you who are joining us online. We're grateful that you've extended your presence to us today. And if this happens to be your very first time here at Westover, we, what we'd like for you to do is consider to fill out a connect card that's found in the seat back that's right in front of you. We'd like for you to either deposit it in the offering bucket as it goes by in just a moment. But what we'd really love for you to do is to take the card to one of our connection centers. A member of our team would love to meet you, would love to hear a little bit about your story, how you discovered Westover, and help you discover ways to get connected. And the best part is we actually have a gift to give to you just as a way of saying thank you for being with us today. Because you matter to God, you matter to us, and we are so very delighted that you've joined us today. I want to invite the ushers to step forward as we continue to worship the Lord through giving. And God is so generous to us. He gives to us in so many ways. But I want you to know that your generosity, it makes a significant impact. As you well know, a handful of weeks ago, we began a kids soccer program. And can I tell you, we have had over 800 people every week coming out to watch little kids play soccer. But more importantly, they've had the opportunity to connect with the heart of Christ. And your generosity is what has made that happen. So I want you to know that when you give, you make a significant impact in the kingdom of God. There's three ways for you to give here at Westover. If you're giving check or cash, we invite you to use a giving envelope that's found right where you're seated. If you want to give online, you can give online through our website. Or you can give through text to give a safe and convenient way to designate your giving. Let's go to the Lord and entrust this time to him today. God, we come to you. We're grateful to be in your house today. Father, we entrust our tithe and our offering to you because what we are able to invest in your kingdom, you have the capacity to multiply it to make an impact in your kingdom. We're grateful to be in your house. Bless our giving today in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, amen. Now today, today's a very special day because it's parent-child dedications. It's a parent-child dedication. Yes, you can give a hand. It's a momentous occasion for parents. And we have this every couple of months because we want to give parents the opportunity to dedicate themselves and dedicate, the Lord, de dedicate their children unto the Lord. And we actually get this process out of a story in the Bible of a lady by the name of Hannah. She wanted to have a child. And so what she did is she went to the temple and she said, God, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him unto you. And God heard her prayer and he answered her prayer. And so she had her son. And at the appropriate time, she took him back to the synagogue, which was the church at the time. And she dedicated her son unto the Lord. And ever since then, as believers, we've had the opportunity to dedicate our children unto the Lord. But more importantly, we also get the opportunity to dedicate ourselves and our family unto the Lord. So I want you as parents, if you're here for that, I want you to have some joy and excitement in your heart because God's going to do something amazing in the life of your children. I'm already prophesying into their life. God's going to do something through them. And we, we want to be part of that to invest in your life and invest in their life as well. But before I get into our parent-child dedication moment, I want to talk to you about some of the things that kids teach you. There are some things that kids, kids teach you. And probably the first thing that they teach you is patience. 
Now, I know you didn't sign up for patience, but they will teach you patience. If you've ever had a toddler, you know waiting on them to tie their shoes is going to take a very long time. And so they, they teach you patience and they test your patience. They also teach you that the very best investment that you can make at the grocery store is to buy ketchup. Because ketchup is like bacon. It makes everything better. If you're having a food fight at home, ketchup, just add it to the plate, makes everything better. And, and kids also teach you that parenting is a walk in the park. It just happens to be Jurassic Park. And uh, finally, one of the things that kids will teach you is that it's important to check pockets before you do laundry. Because crayons will make a huge mess in the dryer. And if you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Parenting is fun, it's stressful, it's often overwhelming, but I want you to know that it is a sacred and divine privilege. The fact that God gives us children is such a wonderful responsibility. And frankly, I think it's a, a representation of God's sense of humor because he trusts us with little people. Me! Who, who would have thought that he would trust me with little children? We're here today to dedicate children unto the Lord. And I want to speak on the topic, raising mighty warriors. Raising mighty warriors. God intends for us as parents to raise mighty warriors. And with that said, I want to invite you to join me in Psalm 112. And if you happen to have the Westover app, feel free to open up the app as we have notes there for you to follow along. Let's look at the word of God together. Verse 1 says, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. And this is the anchor verse, verse 2 of the entire passage. It says, their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Do you know, parents, God intends for your children to be mighty in the land. He wants them to stand up for him. He wants them to make an impact for him. He wants them to be mighty and strong. And what he promises here is that if we're willing to live upright lives, that the generation that follows us will be blessed. If we're willing to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that the generation that we're raising in our own home will be blessed. Verse 3, wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. God, we come to you as we step into this sacred moment, asking God that you would whisper into our mind and our heart about how we can raise mighty warriors that can make an impact in your kingdom. We entrust your word to you in Jesus' name, amen. If there's one big idea I want you to anchor all that we talk about, it's this one idea that God blesses righteous parents now and future generations later through strong and godly children. When we raise strong and godly children, he blesses us today and he blesses future generations later through them. And I want us to take hold of this is that what we do today impacts their tomorrow. And it actually makes a spiritual impact for eternity. 
So what you're doing, I know sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's overwhelming and sometimes your kids frustrate you and sometimes they just make you want to pull your hair out and it can be difficult. But what I want to reassure you is that this, the work that you're doing is sacred work. Continue to, to chase after the Lord and he will help you raise strong and godly children, raise mighty warriors. So today I want to share with you three steps to raise strong and godly children, to raise mighty warriors. Step number one, love God first. And the way we love God first is by worshiping him first. This is, in fact, how verse one starts out. It says, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Now, this phrase that we see, praise the Lord, is actually, that's not the word in the original language. The word in the original language is hallelujah. And the word hallelujah was not just a statement you made. It's as if it were, it was a declaration, an exclamation of God's holiness and God's, the fact that God is worthy. They would say hallelujah. And what the psalmist is saying here, he's, he's teaching us something. He's saying, in order for us to love God first, we have to worship him first. We have to put him first. I believe God wants us to have a hallelujah at home and a hallelujah in our heart. Have you ever had your kids wake up and it's like they woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Not the front side of the bed, not the back side of the bed, not the left side or the right side, but the underside of the bed. Have you ever been there? There are moments when I wish I just had a re reset button, a big button that I could push so I could put them back to bed so they could wake up again. Because there are moments in the Musset household, and this is just real talk, there are moments in the Musset household when my kids, they are in a bad mood, and I wish I could just reset during the day. And so we've had this challenge in the Musset household, and one of the things that we discovered just by accident is that worship music makes an impact in their morning routine. And now what we do is we wake them up with worship music. We have discovered that the best way to manage moods in the home is through worship music. The best way to manage their moods in the morning is through worship music. And so we start off the day with worship music because what it does is immediately it centers them and it places their mind and their heart and their focus on the Lord. And I'll just tell you, when I see my kids eating breakfast and humming the song that's playing on the radio, it warms my heart because I've discovered that we have created a hallelujah in our home. But more importantly, God has created a hallelujah in their heart. The way kids operate, as some of you know, I spent some time as a counselor for nearly 10 years, and I would work with teenagers, and one of the things that I learned about kids and teens is this, is that, is that the way they operate is through their feelings first. It's, if they have positive feelings, they will have positive thinking, and then they will have positive living. But if they have negative feelings, they will have negative thinking, and they will have negative living. And so one of the best ways to manage their mood is through worship music. And if you're a parent, you know this. If you don't manage the moods in your house, those moods will manage you. You have to take control and be willing to change and shift the atmosphere in their mind and in their heart. And in fact, this is what this one passage says. It clearly demonstrates to us. It starts off by saying, praise the Lord, which results in the right feelings. And then fear the Lord. 
which is a deep reverence for God. That's right thinking, which then results in children finding great delight in his commands. If we want our kids to be fruitful and to be successful at school as we send them off, we must be willing to have a hallelujah in our home because it shapes their thinking and then it shapes how they live. The second step to raising strong and godly children to raise mighty warriors is to invest at home. Verses three and four, this is what it says. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Now, sometimes what ends up happening is we read a passage and we take it at face value. And so when I first read this passage, when I read this, the specific the very beginning of verse 3, it says, wealth and riches are in their houses. I began to think of financial wealth. But as I began to dig into this passage, what the author is actually referring to is that our children are the wealth and the riches that he's placed in our home. Yes, it's important for us to have financial stability, but he wants us to realize that he has placed wealth and riches in our home because he's placed children in our home. The best way to build wealth is to invest in your children. And wise parents, they build eternal wealth by investing in their children. The word of God says not to set up for ourselves treasures here on earth that will corrupt and that will destroy, but instead set up for ourselves treasures in heaven where they will be uncorruptible and where they won't be destroyed. And the only thing that we can take to heaven is other people. It's our children and by faith our grandchildren our neighbors, our co-workers, people in our community, the people that we love. So what he's saying is be willing to invest and build eternal wealth. Here are three practical ways to build wealth and riches into the lives and invest in your kids and in your students. Love them often. Give them hugs. Tell them that you love them. Tell them how important they are to you. And then take it one step further. The second thing that we can do is just affirm them and encourage them. Can I tell you, there are challenges that your kids will come home with and they won't tell you about it. They won't tell you when they're getting bullied and when they're getting mistreated. They need to know that someone's in their corner that's willing to say, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. You can do it. God's got your back. I've got your back. You can keep going. You can study hard. You can listen to the teacher. You can focus. They need to hear that from us. And the third thing that we can do is we need to give them our attention. One author put it this way is that for kids and students, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Time. Time. Undivided attention. Some of us as parents, we need, we need to make a decision today that we're going to be more intentional about setting aside our phone to focus on them. Recently, my kids, they invited me to go to the park. And at first I was a little hesitant, I was a little tired, but I had made the promise that we were going to go. And so we went to the park and my son got on his bike and he does what he always does, which is race ahead. And I was driving behind my children, specifically my daughter, and I had an eternal moment. I saw her pink helmet and her little feet moving on the pedals. And I realized there's no other place I'd rather be than right here with them, investing in them. Parents, we don't get moments back. 
we must make the most of the moments that God entrusts to us. The other reason that we need to invest in our kids and our students is the fact that the world wants to invest in them. I don't know if you noticed this, but we're raising our kids in a very dark world, a place of moral compromise and identity confusion and communicating, the, the culture is communicating to our kids and students that pleasure is the ultimate pursuit. God doesn't want that. He wants us to protect them. And I'll tell you as a parent, there's sometimes I have fears. I worry about raising my kids in this culture. But then I read verse 4, and God gave me a reassurance as I was preparing this message, and I want to share that reassurance with you. This is what verse 4 says. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. What God is saying to us here is that if we choose to live upright lives, that even in darkness, even in a dark day, that the light of God will dawn in the life of our children and in the life of our students. If we're willing to live upright lives, God will cause that to happen. I just have this optimistic belief that God created every child to shine bright in a dark world. Your, your kids and your students were intended to shine the brightness in the light of God. I'm reminded of Matthew 5.16, which says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father who is in heaven. And I'm also reminded of a passage in the book of John that says that the darkness could not overcome the light, that Jesus was the light and the darkness could not overcome him. I want you to know that when we live upright lives and we allow God to inhabit our heart and inhabit their heart, they will shine bright in a dark culture. And I want to share with you three ways that we can ensure that our children will shine bright in a dark world. Number one, and it comes straight out, out of verse four, is we want them to be gracious. Number two, compassionate. And number three, live righteous lives. Being gracious is simply this. It's having old school manners. It's being willing to say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Please and thank you. Opening the door for other people. A willingness to give up their space in line for someone else. To be willing to give something that they really want to someone else because they need it more. I think when our kids and students are willing to be gracious, they shine bright because they're different. God created our children to be gracious but he also created them to be compassionate. And compassion, what it means is a willingness to have empathy and concern for other people. It's the willingness to see the needs of other people and be willing to meet them. We live in a culture that values a lot of things. Being the best student, being the best athlete, being the most popular, being the best musician, having the most friends. And while I want my kids to be fruitful and successful at school, I want them to be compassionate. I want them to love God with all their heart, to be loyal, to be people of their word, to serve others, to pour out their life for others. I want them to be welcoming to the new child in kids ministry or the new student in class or to be kind to the student in the wheelchair or considerate of a special needs adult or a willingness to open the door for someone who is in a walker and can't seem to reach the door handle. I believe that when our kids are compassionate, they shine bright for Jesus. I want our kids, my kids and your kids, 
to shine bright so that others may see the good deeds and say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And if they're gracious and compassionate, they will live righteous lives. They will say no to the world and yes to Jesus. They will say yes to what is right and no to what is wrong. They will live out Jesus all of their days. And for you parents, those of you who are dedicating your children today, but also those of you who have your children and kids ministry today, my prayer is that we as parents would decide to live upright lives so that we can see them shine bright for Jesus. The third step to raise strong and godly children, to raise mighty warriors, is to live generously. Verse 5 says this, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Other than God's holiness and his righteousness, the one attribute of God that impresses me the most is his generosity. We can't outgive God. But the reason why his generosity is so compelling to me is because his generosity was the thing that afforded me salvation and eternal life. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave. Generosity is at the heart of God. We, here at Westover, we have a core value that says save people, serve people, where we generously invest our time, energy, and our resources to make an impact in the kingdom of God. And I've just discovered that generosity is God's pathway to justice. This is exactly what this verse says. If we're willing to be generous and to lend freely, we conduct our affairs with justice. We're looking out for other people. As you know, for those of you who have been with us, and if you're just joining us for the first time, this entire month previous, we've been partnering, we've been talking about our partnership with Convoy of Hope. And Convoy of Hope, what it is, it's, it's, it's a nonprofit organization. It's a disaster relief organization. And what they do is when disasters happen, they go into these areas and they provide basic needs. But another thing that Convoy of Hope does is they identify impoverished communities. And they go into these communities and they set up food programs and they provide educational programs so that people in these impoverished areas have food security and financial stability. And so the initiative we've been involved in here at Westover is an initiative called One Day to Feed the World. And what it is is where we give one day's wages to make the impact in the life of someone else every day. And so recently we were talking about this in our own home and our kids, my, Aiden, my son Aiden, he is, he's nine years old and my daughter Alexis, she's seven and they overheard and they said, what's one day to feed the world all about? And we told them the reason why we were partnering with this program. And so they on their own, they decided that they were gonna give out of their own money. And this was out of their birthday money and out of their work money and out of their Christmas money. And they gave more in that one offering that they had, than they have ever given at any other time. And recently I asked my kids, why did you give what you gave? And my son, he said, Dad, there are kids that don't have food and I want them to have food. And what I discovered in that moment is that my individual generosity is impactful, but generational generosity is transformational. 
When I give, I can make an impact. But when I teach my kids to give and be generous, it's transformational because it transforms my heart and it transforms their heart and it transforms the lives of other people. If you haven't had a chance to give in the One Day to, get, one day to Feed the World program, you're more than welcome to partner with us. You can text one day to our text to give number or, or designate it on an envelope. We're not here to twist your arm, but we want to invite you to, to consider generosity. If you give, it's impactful. But if you're willing to teach your children to give, it'll be transformational. For you see, God wants us to raise mighty warriors. He wants us to raise children that love God first, that worship God first. He wants us as parents to take the responsibility to invest in them. And he wants us to live a generous life. And if we do, we will be upright and they will be upright and God will get the glory. We've come to the moment where we're now transitioning to the parent-child dedication moment. And so parents, those of you who are here for this, what I'd like for you to do is when I call the names of your children, I'd like for you to come to the front, right in front, and then turn and face the audience. The first child being dedicated is Elijah Hope Childs. Andres Escobar and Ezekiel Escobar. Amora Emma Hernandez. Liana Hernandez. Jeremiah Lopez Tejeda, Angel Lopez, and Liliana Garza. Rodolfo Patrick Moreno IV. Matthias Schreifer. Jerome Lorenzo Stewart. And finally, George Yamal Valdez Jr. Now parents, I wanna invite you to turn and face me. First of all, I want you to know that we are so proud of you. Can you give them one more hand? This is a milestone moment in your life and in theirs. And I just pray that the prayers you pray in just a moment that God will honor each and every one of them. That you will see God fulfill the things that he's promised, the things that he's whispered, the things that you prayed over them at night, the things that, you, that you've whispered when they're at the dinner table, that you would see that happen. And one of the ways to commemorate this is we've actually put together a parenting kit for you. 
it's a way to commemorate this moment and you received a card and this is a card that you'll be able to take to our kids check-in area and in this kit we have some items that I'm going to explain to you the first item that we have for you is a certificate commemorating this moment this signifies that on this specific day you stood at an altar and before the Lord and you said to the Lord I'm going to commit them all the days of their life to him the second item that we're going to give to you is an age-specific Bible. And the reason we're giving your children a Bible is we want to communicate to them that God's Word is the foundation for their life. Yes, we want them to be fruitful and we want them to be successful, but this is their game plan. This is their manual for life. And if they're willing to root and ground themselves in the Word of God, that God will make their dreams come true. We're going to give them each an age-specific Bible. And if this is your first Bible, congratulations. The next item we're going to give to you is a letter. And this is a letter from me to your child. And what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to tuck this letter away until their 13th birthday. And on their 13th birthday, I want you to give this letter to them. And in this letter... I challenge them to love God and to serve God all their life. I also tell them that on this specific day, you stood at an altar to dedicate them unto the Lord. And I also mention a verse that I'm going to mention now. It's Psalm 139, 16, which says, in effect, that God knew them before they were born. He ordained the days of their life and that he has a divine purpose for them. And I just want you to reiterate that. When that moment comes, I want you to show them that letter and then I want you to explain to them what that letter means. And the final thing that we give to you today is a handkerchief. And it has Psalm 139 on it as well. And the reason we give you a handkerchief is there may come a moment when they're an adolescent or a young adult and they don't share the values that you embrace. But this is something that you can hold on to and say, God, you promised that you ordained their days, that you have a divine purpose for them. And I'm praying that you'll make it happen, that you'll be good on your promise to me about them. This is something that will sustain you and encourage you in difficult moments. We've reached the point where we're going to dedicate these children unto the Lord. And so, audience, what I'd like for you to do is to stand and join me. And in just a moment, when I begin my prayer, I want you to extend your hands to them in, in prayer for them. But what I want to say, one final thing to you, parents, we're so proud of you. Parents, mom, dad. And if you happen to be a step-parent, step-mom, step-dad, Thank you for stepping in and stepping up. We are so proud of you. You're an important part of this family, and we honor you. We honor you. And to the single parents who may be up here or even in the audience, I want you to know that we love you. We honor you as well. We're here to partner with you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to strengthen you. Audience, let's... Pray for these families, pray for these children. 
Father, we come to you. We're standing at this altar to first dedicate ourselves unto you. The dedication of our children begins with us dedicating ourselves unto you. And so, Lord, we say we want to get on your game plan for our children. Help us hear your plan and your purpose. Help us dis- help them discover what you have put them on this earth to do. And Lord, we submit to your will and to your way to help raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. God, help us, empower us through your Holy Spirit to raise these children that you've entrusted to us to know who you are. And Lord, I pray for these children who are here being dedicated. We give them to you. You gave them to us and we return them to you because they belong to you. And God, I pray for each of the children who are here, Lord, that at a very young age they would come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life and that quickly after, Lord, that they will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, that they will learn that you are the best friend that they can have, that you are the mentor, that you are the encourager, that you are the one to strengthen them and to carry them through life. And Lord, as they step into elementary and into middle and into high school, God, that you would provide for them, empower them to learn the things that they need to learn. God, bring healthy, beneficial relationships and friendships into their life. Let them shine bright, Lord. Let the love of God emanate out of them as they step onto campuses, Lord. And Lord, as they are in middle school and high school, Lord, will you begin to whisper to them your plan and your purpose, that they will quickly realize that they were put on this earth to please you. And as they graduate and step out into the workforce or into the military or into higher education, God, that you will lead them and guide them, that you will put your hand of protection upon them, that you will once again provide good relationships in their life, Lord, and that they will discover on their own, that you are the best way for them to live. And Lord, as they step into a season of searching for someone to link their life with, that you would bring someone in their life that loves you, Jesus, more than they love They love that other person. Or God, that you would be at the center of their relationship. And Lord, should you tarry, if, if you entrust to them children that at a future moment, they would stand in an altar to commit their children unto you. God, we give these children to you. They belong to you. Put your hand of protection, provision. Give them your Holy Spirit. We entrust them to you in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you, and we are dismissed.